Welcome to Counseling Over Coffee, a podcast of Redeemer Counseling Group. Whether you are listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Stitcher, we are happy to have you. And if you enjoy this podcast, it helps if you rate and review us, particularly on Apple Podcasts. And of course, any sharing of the podcast on social media is greatly appreciated. For more information about Redeemer Counseling Group, you can visit our website at RedeemerCounselingGroup.com or look us up on Facebook. And with that, here is Cherie with Counseling Over Coffee. Well, today my voice is going to sound a little different. I picked up COVID at a conference we did two weekends ago, and thankfully my symptoms have been really mild. But some are lingering, so my voice is a little weird, and I appreciate your patience if I need to grab a drink of water or or maybe clear my throat. And before I get into today's topic, I wanted to let you know about something we're doing here at Redeemer Counseling Group, and if you like the podcast, I, I think you'll like this idea. Starting later this month, we're going to start sending out a monthly email to our subscriber list called Care Tips. It's a really short message that takes one of the podcast topics from that month and unpacks it into a practical way of putting loving others into practice. For example, this month's tip is based on this interesting fact that most of our interactions with people are less than 10 seconds long. Think about it. The majority of the people we interact with every day are in snippets, a quick greeting, maybe a short text, a series of brief interactions with people at work, or even at home with family and roommates. A lot of our interactions are really short. So how do we make the most of those 10 seconds and in the right moment, How can we learn to extend that quick encounter to a bit longer when it seems right? In fact, I got a cool message from a listener early this week who told me about how she was practicing curiosity with her hairdresser, and they ended up in a long conversation about her life. Now, she's known this hairdresser for 15 years. But practicing curiosity had really helped her to take what could have been, you know, an, an encounter talking over get, getting your hair done to a very meaningful and sweet interaction. Care tips will take you literally three minutes to read, but it will include really practical ways you can practice growing in your relationships with people you barely know and with people you know well. If you're not already on our RCG mailing list, and you'd like to, oh, and in addition to the care tips, I want to be honest, we would also be sending you a quarterly newsletter just with updates about what's going on here at Redeemer Counseling Group. So if you want these, you can send me your email address at sheree at redeemercounselinggroup.com. That's Cherie, S-H-E-R-E-E, at RedeemerCounselingGroup.com. And I promise we won't flood your inbox. You'll just get the care tips 
and our newsletter. So, okay, on to today's topic. For the last two episodes, my friend Janelle joined me for a discussion asking what is one key way to deepen relationships, and we focused on relational curiosity. We talked about how it's easy to be curious when we're first getting to know someone, but then once we get to know the person well, we make a lot of assumptions about what's motivating them or what they're thinking or why they didn't do or did do something. And I asked Janelle a question toward the end of last week's episode, episode 14, and it was this, what one way have you grown in curiosity? And her answer was so helpful. She said this, I try to slow things down, discover what assumptions I'm making, and tell myself, you don't know that. So slow down. Identify assumptions and tell myself, you don't know that. Three simple but certainly not easy steps. She used the example of her neighbor whose yard was a confusing mess, and she stopped herself while walking the kids from assuming why it was messed up and simply admitted she didn't know why. This allowed her to just go ahead with her walk with the kids and leave the neighbor's yard to him. So I've been thinking about this since last week and something happened yesterday where I had the opportunity to practice her three steps, slow down, identify my assumption and tell myself, I don't know. Benny and I were having a disagreement about something about our finances and I thought the amount some friends and family had generously given us for an anniversary trip we hoped to make in the fall was a certain amount, and he thought it was another amount. And the details aren't really important, but what's important is that, thank God, I quickly realized I was assuming some kind of motive on his part for thinking or communicating the amount was less than I remembered. Anyway, Because of last week's episode and what Janelle said, I slowed my thoughts down. I identified the assumption, which was, Benny's got some funky reason why his amount is less than mine. And then I told myself, wait, I don't know. I don't know why our amounts are different. Just telling myself, I don't know, diffused a kind of tense interaction between us and it opened up space in my head to consider there was something happening here that was different than my assumption. Maybe I'm wrong was the next thought that came after I don't know. So why is I don't know hard to tell ourselves? I know it is for me. And how does it help us grow in curiosity to practice the discipline of telling ourselves, I don't know? I don't know is hard to think because once we get to know someone well, we have a backlog of reasons why we think we do know what they're thinking or why they did something or didn't do something. 
why they said that or what motivated them to not do something. When something is done repeatedly, it becomes a pattern that we then understandably anticipate. And the fact is, we all develop patterned ways of thinking or acting, right? And some of those patterns are hurtful and embarrassing to those we love. And that happens to us in our relationships. I adored my dad, but he had this terrible habit of being chronically late to things. And one time, my mom sarcastically said he'd probably be late to his own funeral, which he was. 30 minutes after his hearse was supposed to be at the church, our family was all waiting and we had a comforting laugh about how appropriate it was that daddy was late to his funeral. So this pattern never actually changed in my dad's life. But what about patterns that aren't as easy to bank on? Aren't there times when our spouse or roommate or kids or friends actually aren't operating in the pattern we assume? So here's a question for us. How do we feel when someone assumes they know what we're thinking or the heart motivation we're experiencing? How do we feel? I think we can agree we don't like it. One way we can care for people in our lives in normal, everyday ways is heeding Janelle's advice to identify the assumptions and then tell ourselves, I don't know. I don't know why you just looked at me that way. Maybe you're not frustrated or angry with me, so I'll just ask, did I do something that bothered you? Rather than just assuming you're upset with me and then withdrawing to avoid interacting with you. Here's another example. I don't know why you didn't respond to my text. Maybe you're not ignoring me like last time, so I'll ask, hey, Did you happen to see my text from yesterday rather than stew over you not answering me again? Or I don't know why you didn't let me know you were going to be late. Perhaps you weren't being insensitive again like last time. So I'll ask. So can you tell me what happened this time? Rather than assume that yet again, he or she got caught up at work or in a conversation with someone and lost track of time. Curiosity is important, especially in long-term relationships, because it, it forces us to get out of our own pattern of judging others. It doesn't mean we're not sometimes or even frequently right about another person's unhealthy or even hurtful or sinful patterns, but Even when we are right, there's space in our thoughts and hearts to at least allow for something different, a different take on this pattern in them or a different nuance about it. Judgmental people are not enjoyable to be around. Even when they're right about us or we're right about them, yet Curiosity keeps a feeling of novelty in our relationships 
and it allows us and others to be living, breathing humans rather than robots who always or never do and feel and think and say the same things. David Pallison talks about judging as a form of playing God. Psalm 139 is a great reminder to us that only God knows us well enough to know our thoughts, the intentions of our hearts, our deepest thoughts and longings, and even what we're about to say before we say it. And if you're like me, we do some serious God playing when we think we can know people like only he does. Curiosity reminds us that we're not God. But we can learn about people by going on that scavenger hunt I talked about a couple of episodes ago, following one clue after another. We can explore and discover things our judgments and assumptions just won't permit. So join me this week in stopping, considering assumptions, and telling ourselves 